if I were a fancy podcast like uh, like Nerdist or Pod Save America, I would be like the presenting sponsor of Radio Free Burrito is Slurm. Slurm, it's highly addictive. Get not quite enough Slurm delivered to your home for a little more than you think is reasonable to pay. Go to the website where you can order Slurm.com and use offer code Burrito. To get your first can of Slurm free. Slurm, it's highly addictive. The first can is free. But since clearly I don't have a presenting sponsor, I will just say instead, it is Wednesday, May 24th, 2017, and this is Radio Free Burrito, episode 47. Hipsters, flipsters, and finger-poppin' daddies, knock me your load. So I remember back in the early days of the burrito, I would uh, uh, sometimes choose a theme song that I liked so much, all I wanted to do was just listen to the theme song, and that is the case today. The theme music that I chose today is uh, from uh, uh, an adult movie that was published in 1977 called Punk Rock. And this tune is called The Detectives. Holy crap, it's so great. I'm just going to let it play in the background while I tell you on this episode of Radio Free Burrito, which is uh, coming on the heels, ladies and gentlemen, of an episode that was released just one week ago. I know, I cannot believe it myself. On this episode of Radio Free Burrito, I will be sharing with you a story about the time I met a monkey a story about the incredibly wonderful time I recently had in Detroit, and I will be playing for you uh, a little bit of music that I think you will enjoy. But before I get to all of that, let us find out what is happening in the news. In the news, rattling and rolling to the Olympics. Ice skating in the Olympics made Dorothy Hamill a star. Now, some roller skating champs want to become big Olympic wheels, too. We'll be back with roller skating in the news. Sponsored by New Hubba Bubba, with bubbles that won't stick to your face. He's a-coming! He's a-coming! There's gonna be a gunfight! <laughs> There's a brand new bubblegum in town. Name a Hubba Bubba. It's soft, juicy, and delicious. Best of all, Hubba Bubba lets you blow great, big, fat bubbles. <laughs> that won't stick to your face. That gun, my bubble gun. Big bubbles, no troubles. You And now, roller skating in the news. Roller skating is becoming one of America's popular pastimes. For some, it's a new way to disco. For others, it's just a lot of fun. But some really good skaters long for the chance to compete internationally. The trouble is, roller skating is not accepted as an Olympic sport. Getting a sport or game into the Olympics isn't easy. It has to be popular in at least 40 countries on three continents. There has to be a long record of participation in world and regional competitions. The last new contest to be admitted to the Olympics was judo in 1948. Roller skating has already met all these requirements. For 42 years, roller skating championships like these in Texas have been held around the country. Some of these super skaters are graceful and talented, like Olympic ice skaters. And like the best of them, roller skaters take a few spills, too. This year, roller skating was included in the Pan-American Games. And with its increasing popularity, there's new pressure to have it admitted to the Olympics. But 1988 is the very earliest that could happen, and other sports like tennis, badminton, and baseball are also waiting to be admitted. I'm Christopher Glenn with Roller Skating's Olympic Hopes in the News. <laughs> 
<laughs> we have fun. Uh, in the news, of course, for those of you who are members of Generation X like me, was this thing that ran on uh, Saturday mornings on CBS where we found out about things like why in the world is roller skating not a proper Olympic sport? Is it now? The thing about that is the video that accompanies it shows people doing like ice skating, figure skating moves like the uh, a toe loop and a sow lutz or a, a, a super cow or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, and they're doing them on roller skates and it's amazing. Um, the reason that I found that is that I just had this idea to be like, hey, but here's what's going on in the news. And then I would play like one of those like 90 second news update things from like the 70s, but I can't find them on the internet anywhere. If anyone knows where I can find one of those things, leave me a comment because I would love to start dropping stuff like that in. There's plenty of like World War II newsreel things, but uh, I just, I, they're, I, uh, like they're okay sporadically, but they don't have the same staying power for me that uh, things from the 70s uh, have on account of, you know, my age and uh, and whatnot. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was in the news. By the way, uh, I would like to maintain the fiction that that is an actual real thing, not something that I... Uh, 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 copied from YouTube into uh, VLC and then exported to my hard drive so that I could put it in here. That is an actual legitimate for reals. I am totally not making this up part of my podcast because uh, I am so committed to providing you with news and entertainment that I invented a time machine. And all right, this bit has grown tiresome for me as well. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radio Free Burrito. Uh, I am your pal, Will Wheaton. It is Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I have a little bit of time before Ann Wheaton and I get ready to leave to go down to Beverly Hills, where tonight I am presenting uh, an award from the Anti-Defamation League to my friend Bill Prady, the co-creator of The Big Bang Theory, among other things. Uh, it's a very big deal. I wrote a speech, um, and uh, I'm. you know what's weird is that I'm not like... I'm not super nervous. Like, I'm kind of excited about it. I like the thing that I wrote. I think it doesn't suck. And I'm looking forward to delivering it. Um, so it should, be a, it should be a good time. So that's a thing that I'm, that I'm doing tonight. And in fact, I've just realized what time it is. There's a non-zero chance that uh, I will actually stop this podcast in the middle of recording, leave, go to do this thing for Bill, and then come back and finish the podcast, which for you will not mean anything uh, meaningful in any way at all but like you know what is that thing like it's, it's like relativity right so like i know we've talked about this before for you seconds have passed but for me hours and many miles because the universe is fucking weird man uh as promised in my intro um two stories that would have gone on my blog and may still eventually end up on my blog but as I mentioned in the last episode, um, I just feel more and more like a lot of time and energy and effort goes into writing things for my blog and, and, and that the return on that investment, at least right now, is not particularly good. Um, so as much as I want to write these stories up, I think that I would rather just tell them on the podcast and then save the uh, the like the battery charge that makes me want to write things to, uh, to write stories, um, and, uh, and get those stories, uh, into a, a publishing kind of position. So, um, all right, check this out. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Chicago for the, uh, C2E2, uh, uh, comic book and, and entertainment, uh, situation show. And it was really awesome. Um, I had a wonderful time while I was there. I got to see a lot of really neat people, and uh, and it was really it was really a good time. Um, and I had an incredibly memorable experience there, which turned something that was on its way to being really not awesome into something that was awesome. So allow me to set the scene for you. Um, I was at my table uh, uh, in the, like, come meet people from TV and movies area, and I was signing autographs and talking to people, and almost 
every interaction I had with a human being at this show was really great. Um, let me uh, let me back up a little bit, and just for those of you who don't know how this works, um, I'll just sort of uh, give you a little bit of background on this. So we go to conventions, and uh, 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 people like me, um, like set up, we have a table where we can bring our merchandise, right? Like our pictures, or our CDs, or our DVDs, or uh, like Anthony Michael Hall sells these great t-shirts shirts from uh that are like weird science related and stuff like that right so like we do that stuff and then we sign autographs and we meet people and um it's it's really cool like for for some people it is uh it it's a really good way to make a living to either supplement their income or become the primary source of their income uh for uh other people uh it's a terrific way to promote things and for a lot of people like for me it's a mix of both of those things uh it was felicia day who pointed out to me that she really enjoys attending conventions because she meets people who talk with her about the things that she has created and when people share their stories about how her work affected them it makes her inspired to go and make more things. And uh, that is very much how I have felt um, after uh, the, the three conventions I've done so far this year. So um, that is generally how these things work. People wait in a line and we do our best to sort of like keep it moving, but also not make people feel rushed. And it's a bit of a balancing act, but I think we've all sort of figured out the, the, the way that works the best for the most people all at one time. So, um, as I said, nearly 100% of the interactions I had with people on this particular show were positive and wonderful. Um, the three unpleasant interactions I had happened to all come in a row. And that is really rare and weird. Um, but these three unpleasant interactions I had uh, all happened one after another. Three people who were not together. They just happened to all be. It was like I got the, this little group of entitled people. And um, uh, it was it was rough for me. Like, I try my very best to be... Um, friendly and to say yes to people's requests. And I genuinely enjoy talking with people and nerding out about stuff. But every now and then I encounter people who sort of forget that I'm a person and they kind of treat me like a thing, right? And every now and then someone's like, I waited in line for, you know, anywhere from like a half an hour to like, somebody told me once that they waited in line for two hours. And I was like, dude, I am not worth waiting in a two hour line for. Like, I appreciate it. But seriously, like, I, I would not have spent that time waiting for me. Um, but, uh, you know, there's like, I waited in line. So now, you know, fucking dance monkey, right. Is sort of like what can happen. And, um, this guy was like, the first guy was like, Hey, um, I know that it says here that we're not supposed to, that you're not taking selfies with people, but would you take one with me? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. Like in my contract, it says that I won't take selfies with people because they have this photo thing set up. And then the thing that I don't go into with people is that like, that has like that slows things down and it makes people's waits longer and it's also like it's taxing and tiring for me right like it's standing up and it's like smiling and it's like putting on a picture face and all that and like for for you dude it's one thing for me it's like 300 things right um and generally people are like oh, okay i get it but this dude was like yeah i know it says not to do that but you'll do it anyway right and i was like no i can't and like he gets like all bent out of shape at me about it. Um, and and I'm like, I'm, you know, I, like, I'm sorry you're pissed, but like, I'm not sorry that I'm following the contract I signed, right? Uh, and, and he kind of is just like, fine, whatever, and leaves. I'm like, okay. Then the person immediately after him is, is this woman who is like, I want to hug and kiss you. And I'm like, I really don't want you to do that. <laughs> I really don't want you to do that because I don't know who you are. And like that crosses like a bunch of personal boundaries for me. And she gets all bent out of shape about it. You know what? I'm like, listen, lady, I really appreciate this. It's really I, like I, I love where this comes from, but it makes me uncomfortable. Right. And she gets all bent out of shape and leaves. And then the last person is like, 
it was like my my sister or my my niece or something like somebody someone that that was related to this lady can't be here will you just call her and say hello and i'm like no i'm not going to do that i'm sorry i know these all, these all seem like reasonable requests coming from 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 these people right but for me like i don't want to put your phone up to my face um because that's gross and weird i don't want to have the burden put on me to get on the phone with somebody and be entertaining and charming and clever and all that stuff. Because, uh, in the past when I would agree to do that, I would be like, Hey, what's up? It's, you know, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Will Wheaton. And now I have to act like I'm a big deal. Like, so that the context of this phone call makes sense. And that makes me super duper uncomfortable, but, uh, hi, you're whoever wanted me to call you. And what happens on the other, what happens on the other end of the call is, is one of two things. It's either, shut up. No, you aren't. <laughs> right. Or, uh, which is what would happen if someone was like, Oh, Hey, Will, um, hang on here. Somebody wants to say hi to you. And I was like, hello. And it's like, Hey, what's up? It's Dita Von Teese. And I'd be like, Ugh. like, you know, and it just, it makes everybody uncomfortable and it's all weird. So I was like, I'm real sorry. Um, I just can't, can't do that. And, and this person kind of like pushes back and kind of argues with me about it, right? Like, why won't I do it? And and is like, and I'm like, I, you know, because I just don't want to. I mean, like, that's the answer. I don't want to. And that should like, I shouldn't have to get that far in this conversation, right? Like, we're, the farthest I should get in this exchange is, no, I'd rather not. And that's the end of it. But, you know, these things happen. Um so, <laughs> so what the, what the dude, what the lady is like, um, well, uh, okay, fine. Well, well, would you just record a video message to, to her? And again, I get that this seems like a totally reasonable request, but like, no, because then that starts a chain of people are like, hey, guess what? He's recording video messages to people. That's totally awesome. Like, I can't do that, right? Um, so, and then she's, what she ends with is, uh, well, Will you just kiss my cheek then? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like each one of these requests has become more invasive and more personal and more, and her whole attitude is like, I'm just settling for these things. And I'm like, ah, you know, I really don't. And as I'm telling her, I really don't feel comfortable with that. I feel the panic attack starting because what has happened is three people in a row have like sort of like, I've used this analogy before. I'm a piece of stale bread and people are, are, are hungry birds and they've pecked real hard at me, you know? And I'm like, ah, my, 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 the bread me is falling apart. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do it. And I turn to, um, uh, my associate who works with me and I'm like, um, I have to take a walk. And, and I say to the, to the, the, to the man who's waiting, I'm real sorry. I'll be right back. And I'm keeping it together, but just barely. And the way that I feel a panic attack, and I suppose I should trigger warning the next minute or so for people who are prone to this sort of thing, because my describing my sense of it may be problematic for you. But uh, what happens is at about the base of my sternum, my chest gets tight and it feels like it's turning like in a, in a clockwise direction, right? And uh, uh, it's like it's turning and it's turning and it's getting tighter and tighter. And then it's getting hot, like kind of like acid indigestion. And like then I start to feel like I can't breathe. And then I start to feel like this like weird disassociative state. It's super unpleasant. So I can feel the tightness starting in my chest. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take a walk because there are uh, Chicago PD around and they have uh, bomb sniffing dogs. And I had met some of them earlier in the day. And the bomb sniffing dogs are also trained to be kind of like emotional service dogs for people who are in traumatic situations. So I'm like, all right, if I can just take a walk and meet one of these dogs, then um, I'm, I'll, I'll be okay. Uh, so I, I go back through this curtain that separates uh, separates the convention from sort of like the backstage part of the convention, which is really just another part of the room. And as I'm walking back uh, uh, toward the loading dock where I know there are some dogs, this lady comes up and she has a capuchin monkey. And it's a little monkey like the monkey in Outbreak, right? And it's and it's adorable. It's sort of like uh, it's got this beautiful sort of like uh, a sandy colored uh, uh, long straight fur. It's probably about the size of like a six month old baby. Um, 
And it's wearing a little like, like, okay, so in my memory, it's wearing a little Batman diaper. I know it wasn't wearing a Batman diaper. It was wearing like a children, you know, like a baby's diaper with like playful, uh, uh, like little character shapes on it. But in my head, it was a Batman. In my memory, it's a Batman uh, diaper. So I'm just saying it wasn't a Batman diaper, but I'm going to tell the story like it was a Batman diaper because it's not an important detail, but it's a detail that if it were real would make the story even better. So as I am... Uh, on my way out, the monkey, and I had wanted to meet the monkey early, right? But I'm like, I'm like real close to like just melting down. I'm not going to stop and like try to be around a monkey because the monkey's going to be like, the fuck is wrong with this guy and be all freaked out, right? But as I walk back, the monkey looks at, like turns and looks at me with its beautiful, soft gold eyes and it reaches out its little monkey arms at me. Right. And at the end of its little, its little, you know, the thing is like, we're so close in biology uh, uh, to, uh, to primates, duh, because we are primates. Um, it's amazing with its little elbows and its wrists and then its little hands and its finger joints. And it looks like it's wearing these little like leather gloves, like at the end of these like fur covered, like fur, you know, furry arms that could be like a coat or whatever. I mean, I guess it is a coat, but you get my, my image, right? It reaches out to me, right? And it's like straining with its owner. And I'm like, uh, and she says, do you, is it okay if you, if you, you know, can you hold him? And I was like, I would really love to, but, and before I can finish saying like, I'm freaking out, the monkey is like in my arms, right? And she says, go ahead and pull him into your chest. So I pull the monkey into my chest and I'm cradling the monkey the way you would like cradle a baby. And he takes his little face and he nuzzles his little face into the crook of my right elbow, right? And then he starts kissing on my bicep. And it's really sweet and it's really cute. And I didn't realize it at the time, but it was really soothing, okay? Then the monkey, little cabbage monkey, climbs up my arm and gets onto my shoulders. And it walks around my shoulders and it sits down on my left shoulder and it puts its little hand behind my head. So with its little right arm, it reaches behind my head and it puts its little right hand on my right cheek. Then it takes its left hand and it strokes my cheek with its left hand, right? Like like it's soothing me. Again, I don't realize at the time that's what's happening, but it's soothing me. Then after it does that for a minute, it leans its little head into me and it starts making this like kind of cooing, chirping noise, right? And then it strokes me a couple more times with its little hands and I realize that all the stress and all the fear and all the beginnings of the panic are gone. Like I can literally feel it draining down out of my body. Like imagine that your entire body is a limb that's gone to sleep and the blood is flowing back into it. Except for me, it was like the stress and, and bad stuff was flowing out of me and like calmness and, 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 and I guess normalcy was, was kind of like replacing it. And right around the time that I realized that the monkey had made me feel better, it reached out its little arms to its trainer and uh, and and he jumped off of me and went back into its trainer's arms. And she said, it's, you know, it's, it's like a personal question, but are you okay? And I said, well, I am now, but like I was on my way to having a full-on panic attack. And she says, the monkey, I forget what his name is. I want to say his name was Lucian. You know what? And I'm going to say that his name was Lucian because there's a tribe called Quest song called Lucian. And I like that song. So I'm going to, I'm going to just stick with that. So she says, Lucian knows he's trained to be a, uh, uh, like a, a service animal. He's trained in people to help people who have had post-traumatic stress, to help people who are like having, basically like having a panic attack. He can smell the pheromones that your body gives off. And when you came through the curtain, he reached out to you like, I have to go to work. I have to help this human. And uh, and and it, it's, it's exactly what he did. And it made me so like, so I, are, I already felt better because what I don't, you know, like whatever he did, I don't know if he just distracted me or if like, like, like the, you know, like he gives off his own magic monkey pheromones or whatever, but uh, like... The panic attack was gone and then I felt like I was going to cry because it was just like the kindness of it, the kindness and the love from this creature with whom I am incapable of communicating verbally, but knew what was happening with me and was like, I'm going to help you. Um, knowing that 
I felt like I was going to cry with joy, like weep with joy afterward. And I didn't need to take my walk. And I thanked him and he let me pet his little head. And then I went back to work. And every other interaction I had for the remainder of that convention was awesome. Um, and it's so, it's exceedingly rare that I have an unpleasant uh, encounter, but it's like, you know, like one in a quintillion or whatever that I'm going to have three, one after the other. Um, and, uh, the thing is like, you know, those interactions were really unpleasant and I would not like to have them again, but the fact that they all happened the way that they did meant that I was like in the right place and in a particular frame of mind to get that this sounds terrible to get loved by a monkey, (laughs) but it was really cool. And I have been wanting to tell this story. I've been wanting to like, uh, write this story down. And, um, every time I try to write it, I feel like I cannot communicate using only words why this meant so much to me and why it was such a great experience. So uh, um, I have been planning since last week to tell this story on the podcast. So that is the story of the time that I uh, met a monkey. And um, uh, thank you for listening to it. When I come back, uh, I'm going to uh, tell you a story about when I was in Detroit this last weekend. Um, My name is Will, and I'm not sure what your name is, but I'm sure you're a delightful human being, and you're listening to Radio Free Burrito, which last week came to you on uh, WDBD, which I thought was not a real thing, but it turns out is a real thing, so check this out. We've now moved to another fake station. Because I live west of the Rockies, all of the radio stations would start with K. I knew that, by the way. Um, I just have to show off a little bit. Like, okay, I knew that, but like W, because of my name, right? But anyway, uh, K, uh, DBD, uh, is not a real thing. So Radio Free Burrito comes to you uh, at uh, 119 billion megahertz uh, and super cycles on the KDBD network. And we will be right back after this. The citizens of Tuthopolis remain ever watchful for... The cavity creeps! Crest, crest! We may cause it Quick, we warn the Cresties! Crest, crest! Cresties trying to tell crest. us something. The cavity creeps! Crest, come on! Hey. Let's give them the brush with Crest's fluoride. Crest! Oh. <laughs> Watch trees, see your dentist, and fight the cavity creeps like the Cresties. Fight cavities with Crest. It's a little short for a stormtrooper. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He has too much of his father in him. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. The Force will be with you. Always. Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing at a theater near you. Just thinking about how crazy it is to uh, have been like a fully formed and functioning human being uh, at a time when television commercials for the original Star Wars were a thing. Like, not to catch it in a revival or whatever, but like, yeah, go see this new movie. Uh, that uh, Those two commercials, by the way, I, uh, I also lifted off of YouTube. Uh, they were actually part of the uh, In the News segment that, uh, that I... Wait a minute! Oh, I broke... Damn it! No, I mean, no! The In the News thing was totally real and a thing that I did with my time machine. And those commercials also are from my time machine because I am amazing and I'm a time machine guy. All right, speaking of the time machine, uh, here's the talking heads on Radio Free Burrito. He would see faces in movies, on TV, in magazines and in books. He thought that some of these faces might be right for him, and that through the years, by keeping an ideal facial structure fixed in his mind, or somewhere in the back of his mind, that he might, by force of will, 
caused his face to approach those of his ideal. The change would be very subtle. It might take ten years or so. Gradually his face would change its shape. More hooked nose. Wider, thinner lips. Beady eyes. A larger forehead. He imagined that this was an ability he shared with most other people. They had also molded their faces according to some idea. Maybe they imagined a new face would better suit their personality. Or maybe they imagined that their personality would be forced to change to fit the new appearance. Talking Heads were formed in 1975 in New York City, uh, and uh, they spawned out uh, the Tom Tom Club, uh, which you have certainly heard, even if you don't realize that their big single was Genius of Love. But uh, that uh, album, uh, I'm sorry, rather, that uh, that song comes off of their 1980 record, Remain in Light, and uh, that track is... um, uh, the track's called Seen and Not Seen. So that was produced by Brian Eno, legendary uh, ambient artist. His uh, music for airports is just a sensational album. Um, and uh, it was this thing that we uh, used to hear on the radio all the time where someone would be like, okay, so let's like let's tie some band from like the 60s to some band from like the 80s or the 90s, right? And Almost 100% of the time, one of the ways that you would get from, like, David Bowie to, like, Depeche Mode uh, was to go through uh, Adrian Ballou, who was the guitar player for uh, for the Talking Heads. If you haven't seen it and you, and, and, and you enjoy concert films, uh, I think the greatest concert film ever produced uh, is Stop Making Sense, uh, which was uh, directed by uh, Jonathan Demme um, and, uh, and features the Talking Heads. It's great. Like, uh, David Byrne starts out on stage with just a boombox and his guitar and his signature ridiculously huge suit. And... Um, uh, plays Psycho Killer like uh, almost acoustically, and then over the course of the show, uh, the the rest of the band comes on, and they start adding more and more instruments. And like they had the, the Talking Heads had an amazing rhythm section, uh, and uh, that's actually the Tom Tom Club is their rhythm section. Get it, Tom Tom Club? I literally just figured that out last year <laughs> um but uh yeah they're one of my favorite bands of of, of all time and I, I played that song for you because everybody knows like houses in motion and and road to nowhere and burning down the house and all that but like just that that album like a lot of my favorite albums uh, has tracks like that on it that that everybody listens to so uh, uh anyhow welcome back everyone um I, uh, I promised you a story from Detroit, and as I was listening to that Talking Heads song, I realized that it's not really much of a story. 
It's really more of just me saying, holy shit, you guys, I had such a good time in Detroit. I was up there for the Motor City Comic Con this weekend, and um, I, I'd never been before. Um, and uh, I had heard from people who had been before that it was a really fun con, but um, I, I just didn't realize exactly how much fun, and I didn't realize uh, that uh, I just didn't, I didn't ex know to expect that it was going to be awesome, as awesome as it was. Like, there's a presumption of cons being awesome. That's why I say yes to some and absolutely no to others. Um, but in this particular instance, 100% of the interactions I had were great. People were friendly and kind. And it it gave me that... So it, it's sort of like... I talked about this in my talk when I did my, like, Q&A session. Um, but it... It really, it's like planted the seed in my head. And uh, here's this thing that's been happening lately that I'm just kind of aware of. So probably like a week, maybe a little over a week ago, uh, I had to run a bunch of errands. Uh, and it was like, go to the pet store and go to the supermarket and go to the post office. And, you know, you know I was adulting, right? And uh, after I had done like three of the like six or seven things I had to do, I realized that every person I had interacted with since I left the house had been very kind. And like, I just felt really good about myself. I really enjoyed the way that their kindness made me feel. And because I make everything into a game, I was like, oh, hey, um, let's see if I can keep the chain going, right? Uh, so then I was like, hey, everybody, time for some white guy game theory. If I'm just kind to people, maybe they'll be kind to me, right? It didn't occur to me that maybe these people were being kind to me because I was being kind to them. I was just like, oh, these people are being kind to me. I'm going to continue this and see how long I can keep this chain going. And for the rest of the day, uh, all the people I interacted with were were very kind. And uh, uh, it was it was really awesome. And it it when I was at the con... I realized that like all the people I was interacting with were being kind and it was like it made it easier for me to continue that kindness and to like be part of this chain of kindness right and uh as I am telling you this I'm literally just now in this moment remembering a time where my friends and I were waiting uh, uh for the LA Metro to pick us up and some dude was like looking at his like going through his hands and he was like oh shit i'm like 50 cents short to buy a metro ticket and he was like do you guys have like 50 cents and um so we could get into a whole thing about how like people are like hey i need a dollar for the bus or you know i need five dollars and they have their whole story and really what they're just they're just like they're basically panhandling and there are um uh, arguments to be made and reasonable people can disagree about like you know like giving people uh you know like just like reaching into your pocket and giving people change or not i'm not going to get into that that's a whole other story in this particular instance i was like yeah as a matter of fact i do have 50 cents uh here you go and he was like thanks a lot man and i was like you know what just try to be kind to somebody who needs it uh, um, and, uh, in the future, right? And my friends, that movie Pay It Forward had just come out and then my friends were like, yeah, man, just pay it forward. And they were like, kind of like giving me a hard time about it. And I, I, I was bummed out by that, right? Because I was like, man, I was genuinely seeing a cool thing. And the idea of paying it forward is cool, that's totally cool. That's really great. Someone does something nice for you. Do something nice for somebody else. Continue that kindness. And I think that there's a difference between being kind and being nice. Being nice is like, you can be like, I'm going to be nice to you, but you're a shit. Being kind is like, oh man, you're a shit. Maybe kindness in your life will help you. Like there's just a different thing. I, I think I don't quite know how to, I feel like you, Radio Free Burrito listener, are able to uh, divine what I am attempting to communicate to you. Uh, so um, when uh, uh, my friends were like, yeah, man, pay it forward. And I was like, no, but but I was being sincere and I was, and I, I seem to recall that movie being kind of like dumb or whatever, but like we shouldn't let a dumb movie take that idea, which I think is a cool idea and like, like twist it. Right. And, and so we're not going to do that because we're too cool to do a thing that they named a movie after or whatever. Um, so 
the people at this con were all kind to me, including the the like certified fucking celebrities who I met. Like I met Marky Ramone and he was awesome, super kind to me. And I met Amy Dumas, who's like the wrestler Lita, and she was super awesome to me. And like like I was just like talking to people. I was I went over to say hello to Billy Piper and I didn't know if she remembered when she like did the silly Nathan Fillion John Barrowman picture with uh, Anne and me. And she totally did. And she was like, oh, it's so lovely to see you. And like, like every time I like, like, like she, when I talk to her, like, it's weird. It's, it feels like falling in love, just that the kindness and the joy and all that. I don't mean like romantic love. I don't mean infatuation love. I mean the level of joy and kindness that is exchanged between us as human beings. And it's great. So anyway, when I gave my talk, I was like, you know what? I have this idea. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'd love for you to try. And I related people being kind to me. And I said, if we imagine like that we're all atoms in a cloud of atoms, right? And we're like bouncing off of each other and like kindness keeps that chain reaction going, okay? We're like a, we're like a, 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 a fusion reaction uh, or a fission reaction, right? Uh, not fusion because you wouldn't, then, then, this, then this strained metaphor would fall apart even faster. Uh, we're like, you know, you're, you're like, we're, we're these atoms, we're bouncing off of each other. And whenever someone is not kind, like chooses not to be kind, it inserts a control rod and it slows the reaction down because it's easy to take kindness and like step off from that kindness. Like kindness has like a velocity and like you can kind of ride on the velocity of someone else's kindness and then hand off that kindness to someone else and you kind of keep it going in like a relay, right? But when someone's kind of shitty, like because they're having a bad day or because someone was just shitty to them, so they're like feeling bad about themselves. So they tend to like take that feeling that they're having about themselves and they impose it on the next person that they encounter. It like brings that velocity to a screeching halt, right? Because it's like a control rod of negativity. Um, and then there was a whole positive charge, negative charge thing. I know you, the physicists and chemists out there were like, no, you're doing it all wrong. Um, but... Uh, I just thought if we could, as an experiment, if, if we could just make this like agreement that we would like do our very best to be kind to 100% of the people that we interact with, even if they don't start out kind to us, like maybe we can, uh, like give them kindness and, and like, like lift them out of wherever it is that they are that's making them not kind. Um, I felt like that would be a really cool thing to do. Uh, and because um, I know that more people listen to the podcast than were in that room, I wanted to put that idea into the world. Um, and uh, uh, I hope that that you will do it. And I would love it if you would comment uh, on the blog and tell me if you do choose to do this and sort of what your results are. I think that would be uh, kind of fun. Um, I know that when you're the don't be a dick guy, there's a certain person in the world who's like just constantly waiting for you. Uh, and by you, I mean me uh, to like fuck up and be a dick. And like, look, I fuck up all the time. Um, but I am I'm trying really hard these days to live my life in a position like in a in a in a place of of kindness and uh, uh, uh um, like not the other stuff because holy fuck, there is so much negativity in the world. This doesn't mean that I'm not going to get like righteously outraged about things like, for example, today, um, the, uh, uh, this, this budget bill coming out in, in our American government that's like, uh, oh, hey, are you poor? Well, fuck you and we hope you die soon. Like, you know, I'll get righteously angry about that. Um, but like when it comes to directly interacting with people, I will do my very best to give kindness. I would love it if you would do the same thing. So um, uh, I guess I didn't even want to tell you about anything else about Detroit other than I had a really good time and I talked about kindness and maybe, maybe you might want to try it. Here's, uh, here's the go-go's to help you think about that. It's Radio Free Burrito on uh, KDBD. KDB. KDB. Yeah, KDBD. I guess I should learn the call sign that I made up, huh? Oh, maybe I'll make a, maybe I'll make, maybe I'll make stickers. Anyway, here's the go-go's on Radio Free Burrito.
know that Belinda Carlisle was with the Germs when they were originally formed? I don't think she ever actually played a show with them uh, before uh, the uh, before Darby died and the Germs fell apart. But uh, the Go Go's uh, were uh, really a tremendous LA punk band, uh, uh, and and uh, if you only know their their pop radio uh, tunes, uh, you might want to dig into their discography a little bit, and also some of the acts that came out of of that band um they uh those girls did uh, uh oh i did it i mean those women those women did uh i the reason i'm thinking that is because i had just seen a thing that was like all girl bands apologies those women uh went on to be in some really fantastic bands so hey guess what uh as i am recording this it is now 5 p.m here in uh Los Angeles in the glorious San Fernando Valley. 818 for life! And uh, I have to put on my grown-up clothes and go give an award to my friend. So what is going to pass for you will be, I mean, probably a matter of seconds. But what will pass for me is several hours. So uh, what is going to happen now is you're going to hear another song. I don't know what it's going to be because I'll make the decision when I come back tonight. We'll find out together. That song will represent the amount of time it took me to go from uh, uh, my home uh, to the dinner and back. And uh, then I will pick up and just wrap up this this episode. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty close to being able to wrap it up anyway. But I'm I'm going to be honest with you, uh, my dear listeners. Um, it kind of pleases me to uh, conduct this odd demonstration of relativity and uh, and perceptions and what they mean. So uh, enjoy whatever it is that comes up next. And when you next hear my voice, uh, for me. It will be several hours from now, but for you, it will be just a matter of minutes. Time's like weird and stuff, man. Okay, enjoy this. Today was like any other. The hum of daily activity until... Reptilicus. A beast born 50 million years out of time, spreading terror in its path, destruction in its wake, towering over the cities of the world. Reptilicus. Invincible, indestructible. Reptilicus. In color from American International. Even after you see it, you won't believe it. Reptilicus. Colder couplings in the night Never saw your body Your 
in this box over along with Satan number two. And yes, Satan does live. And Metallica is under my rule also. Okay, so remember, the, oh, of course you remember, it was just moments ago that I said it's going to be several hours for me. Well, as it turns out, it is actually 28 hours since I last sat at this desk and spoke into this microphone. Uh, but for you, just a few minutes. I will not uh, continue to talk about that because it is far more interesting to me than it is to you. Uh, welcome back to Radio Free Burrito, everybody. Uh, a few uh, little bits of sounds in that situation there. Of course, a promo for Reptilicus, which is uh, a magnificently terrible B-movie that is featured in the first episode of the Rebirth of Mystery Science Theater 3000 that I'm kind of in. Available on Netflix at this very moment. And then uh, Gang of Four with Damaged Goods. Uh, you probably know Gang of Four uh, from their uh, radio hit in the 80s, uh, I Love a Man in Uniform. But I was never particularly crazy about that song. It's kind of like the Flying Lizard's Money. Like, you know, the first few times, okay, but then it gets overplayed and I sort of like lose interest in it. But... Uh, Gang of Four is a freaking amazing, amazing band that is off their uh, their first album, the name of which eludes me at this moment, and I do not feel like splat-tabbing to another window to find it. And then, of course, uh, you heard Satan, and I guess, what did he say, Satan number two? Which is weird because I would think like if you had like if Satan had a had a, a, a co-conspirator, it'd be like you know Satan the second, or like Satan Junior or or whatever, or maybe just go with like Beelzebub or you know Lucifer, you know whatever. What I'm saying is, I don't think that was the real Satan. Uh, that that recording is from a uh, from a, a, a file that I downloaded years ago. Uh, it's it's from Jason Scott's archives, and I don't recall specifically which one, but I will f I'll do my best to find it and link it in the show notes. But he has this collection, several different uh, archives of files that were recorded uh, by uh, phone freaks um, in the 80s and some of the early 90s. Um, and, uh, and, and he has made them available for us to listen to as part of, I mean, it feels like, like living history in a way. Uh, very brief history lesson, like way, way back in the 80s, uh, when there was not, uh, much of an internet. You know, we had the closest we had to internet back then were, were, uh, bulletin board systems. And some of them were connected by something called FidoNet. And, uh, some of them would let you send electronic mail, uh, to, to people who were on the system who could check it when they logged in and then this thing happened where bulletin boards that were local like if like so I lived in the valley so I would call up like something that was in the 818 area code but if someone else lived in Hollywood they might call on 213 and then as time went on people would call in from like 310 when area codes are added you're all going to the same uh, server uh, usually it was running off of like an Apple II computer or something like that and uh, you would you would log in and then you would like play games and you would chat and uh, it was kind of like IRC, uh, which I presume a lot of you are familiar with. Um, it was, you know, I guess the best way to describe it is it was, it was kind of like a very early Slack team. That's a really good way to, uh, to, de to describe it. I'm just going to give myself a ring of the bell for, for coming up with that. If you hear me shuffling papers, it's because I am. Uh, but uh, back in those days, it was real fun. And you, I, 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 uh, um, I found a lot of, of, um, of comfort and uh, uh, like companionship in online communities because I didn't have to go under my own name and I was not prejudged by the, wow, that was a supremely popped P. Apologize. Uh, apologies to everyone. I took the pop filter off my mic and I should probably put it back on. Uh, I wasn't going to be prejudged by my, uh, my work 
or what was at the time like considerable fame uh, or the fact that I was associated with like Stand By Me and then later in the 80s Star Trek. I could just be some random person who liked the things that I liked and uh, I could interact with people just without any baggage. And uh, I guess that might be part of the appeal of, of message boards and places, you know, like I wish that 4chan wasn't so full of racists and, and shitty fucking people. Um, but, uh, but there's, you know, there is something really cool about these completely anonymous message boards where, where people can kind of like, uh, I guess just be who they are. Um, now that I'm saying it out loud, it's dark and terrible. I'm also reading Zoe Quinn's new book, Crash Override, because uh, I got an advanced copy of it. So I'm thinking a lot about how people can be terrible on the internet, and and uh, maybe that's not the best thing. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole other thing, a whole other subject. Uh, but in the early days of the internet, before, I guess, pre-real internet, um, uh, we would call phone numbers and there were like voicemail systems. And on those voicemail systems, people would uh, uh, share numbers to other voicemail systems. Uh, they would share uh, techniques to uh, compromise other voicemail systems and, and things like that. Uh, uh, very frequently you would call into a system and it would be in some like business in somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, but some kid had like figured out how to take over that message box. And then it would just be a bunch of dumb kids like playing music and, you know, saying that they were Satan and like, I have, con I have control of the computer and stuff like that. Uh, there was definitely people that were, uh, you know, that, that would, that I, I, I see could probably would have caused some sort of like, uh, financial harm or, uh, or, 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 uh, inconvenience to various companies. But when I was like 14 and 15, um, it, there was something really cool about just like sitting in the dark uh, with, uh, with like, or uh, with a, uh, like at a payphone and calling those things. So when I found that Jason Scott archive, it's great. I, I went through a whole bunch of them while I was trying to, to find something to play for you. Uh, a lot of them have like old, it's just a series of numbers and stuff. And I think, I don't think that would be as interesting as whoever that kid was, who was like, I'm Satan. Uh, here's Metallica. Oh, and also, by the way, I control your system. Uh, uh, that was, uh, that was amusing for me. Um, so as I, I think I said, because as I said, you know, like for me, it's been over a day, but as I think I said before uh, I had that little break for you, um, and I guess for me as well, um, it was... Uh uh, it was a great night last night. So Anne and I went down to the Beverly Hilton, and I presented a award to my friend Bill Prady, who is the co-creator of The Big Bang Theory, um, uh, from the Anti-Defamation League. And it was really great. And I enjoyed the evening very much. The Bare Naked Ladies were there, and uh, they performed. Uh, they did a little 15-minute set, um, and it was like a stripped-down set a little bit. It was like kind, like wasn't it was like almost acoustic, I guess. Like we do that K-Rock almost acoustic Christmas, which I I'm guessing that the almost acoustic Christmas thing is sponsored by radio stations all over North America, but here in LA, it's like sponsored by by K-Rock for us. Um, but uh, uh, it was a great set. It was really super duper fun. Um, and, uh, and then Bill gave a really good speech. But I gave a speech too, and I'm really proud of it. And I'm not going to put it on this week's show because it, uh, this show is already longer than I wanted it to be. Um, but I will put the part that I think is important on next week's show, which will likely come out uh, earlier in the week. I mean, it might even come out on Tuesday. I don't know. Um, because I'm trying to commit to this week-long, uh, weekly schedule sort of thing. But like this morning, I was in Variety, Daily Variety, the Hollywood trade paper, um, like with a picture and everything. And it's the first time that Variety's given a flying fuck about me and like, I don't even know how long. Uh, so it was kind of cool. It was a really, it was a really nice thing. Um, so, hey, everybody, listen, I think that this is the end of the show. Uh, I hope that you have enjoyed the hour that uh, you spent with me. Uh, the uh, what's probably going to end up being roughly an hour and four minutes uh, for you was more like uh, twenty eight hours. <laughs> 
<laughs> and four minutes for me. Um, but uh, hey, uh, as I said, time is weird. Um, before I go, uh, as I said in the not Radio Free Burrito that is between episode 46 and this episode 47, uh, a, uh, I wish to say thank you very sincerely and and uh, 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 from really from uh, from the parts of me that desperately needed to know that you were there. Um, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for leaving comments. And some of you sent emails. Uh, a lot of you reached out on Twitter, but especially those of you who left comments, I think it's like around 300 or it might even be 400. I'm afraid to leave the window now because I don't want Audacity to glitch out like it did last time. Um, but uh, it's it, the, just the fact that so many of you listened to me say, hey, I'm going to be needy and weird and I just want to know that you're there and that you caught that and you like you caught that ball and you were like, OK, uh, I get it. I see what you need as a human. Let me let me serve that need. Like, let me let you know that I'm here. It really means a lot to me. Um, and and I don't know how to properly say thank you. Uh, other than to just say thank you. Um, I don't know how to convey to you how much uh, that helped me and uh, carried me through this week to do this show. So it's not going to be like that all the time. I'm going to do my best to not be like a needy weirdo, but it really meant a lot to me. Thank you very, very much. Um, and there was one other thing that I wanted to say before we leave, but now I cannot remember what it is. So I guess it's probably just time for me to tell you that Radio Free Burrito uh, is produced and edited and uh, not really written because I don't write anything down, but I like make it uh, by me, Will Wheaton, here in uh, the beautiful San Fernando Valley in California. And uh, it is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial license. For more information, visit creativecommons.org. Now there will be a period of silence followed by uh, some dumb thing that I read from a random Wikipedia page. But I pretend that that doesn't happen. It's like the encore where we all act like the show's going to be over, but we all know it's not. Uh, so um, I'm going to say thank you and, uh, and goodbye. And I will be back next week with another Radio Free Burrito. Bye. Willie Iverson, born October 8, 1945, in Detroit, Michigan, is a retired professional basketball point guard who played one season in the American Basketball Association as a member of the Miami Floridians during the 1968-69 season. He attended Central Michigan University, where he played on their basketball team. Willie has four kids and five grandchildren. Willie taught eighth grade at East Bethlehem Lutheran School on Detroit's east side and was the basketball coach there. He attended Pershing High School in Detroit, where he made all-city and all-state basketball player in 1964 and 1965. Radio Free Burrito lives at RadioFreeBurrito.com.